Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to this late night edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. Hope everybody had a really good week. Um, I had a good week. Um, theme, uh, just something to remember, moving is not fun. And I'm in the midst of the not fun part of moving uh, for a few more weeks, and then I'll hopefully I'll get settled in. But a uh, very football-heavy episode coming up here. That's really been kind of the bulk of the news this week. And we do have some questions that I got from listeners, and then we'll get on down the road. So let's jump right into it. Big 12 Media Days uh, took place this last week, and obviously uh, interesting year um, for the Big 12. You've got four new teams coming in, Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, and UCF, and then you've got the last year of UT and OU. Um, you know, the Media Days... that. Typically, you don't really expect to see any fireworks, and there really wasn't any fireworks um, from the coaches. You know, this time of the year, you know, every coach is going to say that, you know, their team can do something special. And they might, you know, pepper it in with, oh, well, we're young this year. Or, oh, we got this, we got this uh, part strong or that part strong. So it's just one of those things that you just, you kind of understand going into it. There's, there's not going to be a lot of like real, specific um, information coming out. You know, I thought Joey McGuire did a pretty good job. Um, you know, first of all, I loved the tribute to Leach. And, you know, I've talked about uh, this on, on, on the podcast. It, it, it's a shame that, you know, it took Leach passing away for Texas Tech to finally acknowledge everything that happened um when leach was 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 the coach at tech um and you know again i don't want to get into the debate about everything that happened you know i think i've made my feelings pretty clear um about that situation but it's just it's it's sad um that 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 you know leach is not alive to enjoy the accolades that he's finally getting from tech and um, you know, I said this a couple podcasts ago when they announced uh, Leach is going into the, uh, not the Hall of Honor, but, you know, the, um, or whatever it's called, the, the Hall of Honor, I think, for, for Tech. Um, th- I think that's a really good gesture, but, you know, again, it's it's sad that, that uh, you know, Leach is not here to enjoy that. But getting back to the media days, I, I thought it was uh, – Really cool that that Joey McGuire chose to honor Mike Leach with with the jacket, which does a really cool bright red jacket. Um, so that was cool. Um, and then you know have the swing your sword stuff within there. I, I thought that was a pretty neat thing that that he did. Um, you know, McGuire is very confident, and you know some people have have been critical and said, "Oh, he's too confident." You know, Tech hasn't really won anything. First of all, I, I think I, I personally like the confidence that McGuire displays. I think that's um, really important because, you know, it seems like, you know, and I don't want to, like, criticize Matt Wells. And it really wasn't even just a Matt Wells issue. It was There were other other people as well that, that it, it always kind of felt like that um, Tech wasn't real confident in their ability to be successful that, oh, you know, we'll get lucky, maybe beat UT and OU every couple years and that's okay. And, you know, I think, I think we, we dealt with for many, many years, this kind of 
this this culture of low low expectations for Texas Tech that oh you know if we if we get seven or eight wins a, a year that's in get to go to a bowl game oh that's really great and that's something to celebrate and and I think Joey McGuire is is really trying to raise the bar about uh, the expectations for this program and and specifically that you know this program should should go beyond just a seven eight wins going to a bowl game that that that, that cl- truly that this is a program that can get themselves into um, that uh, higher upper echelon of the Big 12 and compete for the Big 12 championship. And I think Joy McGuire, it, the players are buying into that, and I think fans are starting to buy into that as well. And I think you're seeing the benefits of that right now. Now, do I think this year oh, Texas Tech's going to win the Big 12 championship? Uh, you know, probably not. I, I've said it before, I think they are – you know, one of four to five teams that can get themselves into the Big 12 championship game. And, you know, a lot of it's going to hinge on a couple of key games that we've already talked about on here. And we'll talk about some more as we get nearer to um, college, the, the football season. But, you know, certainly there, there's going to be some key swing games that's going to determine, you know, is Texas Tech going to be a team that's in that upper tier of the Big 12 or have they not broken through that ceiling yet? So, I mean, that's going to be something, obviously, to keep an eye on um, as we go through the rest of this year. So, as far as other stuff that was was going on um, news-wise with the coaches this week, there wasn't a lot of, like, major, like, oh, my gosh, big-time big news that, that happened. Um, you know, like I said, typically that, that doesn't really you – don't, you don't necessarily see a lot of that during – the um the you know um I'm sorry I'm having a brain fart you you typically don't see that during uh, Big Twelve media days um you know a lot of people you know said well Mike Gundy clearly he doesn't want to be there he doesn't care care to be around here you know you did hear that uh, chief complaint um about you know Gundy um you know. Neil Brown kind of was com- a little bit complaining about being picked to finish last, which, you know, honestly, you look you look around there. That's <laughs> I I don't dispute that. You know, I, I'll give you a little bit of a hint when we do our our uh, Big Twelve preview coming up next month. I'm probably gonna pick. Um, West Virginia to finish last. I'm just not real impressed with them. But, you know, beyond that, there really wasn't a lot of newsworthy stuff. Uh, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, he acted like a UT coach does, where, you know, they think they are above everyone else. And, the, and good riddance. I mean, I'm really, I am really looking forward to them not being around anymore. And, and you know, maybe we can get to have a little bit more of a normal group at this point of, uh, of, of teams. So that's really kind of the big stuff this week, as far as, as football and, you know, really not, not any much news on, on basketball or, or baseball this week. Um, so a lot of football heaviness and really even the football heaviness, you know, it's, it's all about the big, um, the conference media days. I think, um, 
probably the most interesting thing that came came out of the conference uh, media days um, was some of the comments from Brett Yormark. Uh, Brett Yormark has made it very clear that part of his strategy is to target uh, what's called the Gen Z uh, group of people, which that would be, I think it's people born after 1996. And, you know, this is part of the strategy that they're, they're working towards and reaching maybe a new segment of the population. Um, they also talked about the new partnership with Mexico and, and broadcasting um, Big 12 games in Spanish, um, you know, and stuff like that. Um, I, I would say a couple things, you know, I, I, a few weeks ago when, when the, the announcement came about the, the Big 12 going to Mexico and they were going to host a bowl game, I'm still not keen on, a lo- on some of that. I'm not real keen on, on having a bowl game in Mexico, um, you know, and even just playing games in Mexico in general. I, I don't see how huge of a benefit that's going to be. Now, broadcasting games in Spanish, I think that certainly could be a benefit because you do have a very large segment of the population in the United States that speaks Spanish. And so I think you you do have the potential to open up the door to uh, a new group of fans that maybe you previously didn't have in, um, you know, previous years. Um, you know, especially you know, the Texas area, West Texas area, you do have a pretty large segment of Spanish speaking households and and I think you could open yourself up to a new market um through um broadcasting games in Spanish. Um so that'll be interesting kind of see how all that works. You know, I think Texas Tech could be a big beneficiary of that because you know I do think you know you're in an area of Texas where you have um, a Spanish speaking population and you could see maybe some new fans come out of this type of outreach um, but we'll just have to kind of stay tuned and see you know as far as the Gen Z stuff part of the strategy that your mark talked about is they're going to have um, some sort of halftime show for the Big 12 championship game. And, you know, they'll they'll have some sort of artist that appeals to Gen Z. I kind of like that idea. Um, I, th- I think what Yormark is attempting to do here is maybe turn the Big 12 championship game into some uh, sort of bigger event. Um, like a, I, I'm not saying it's going to be as big as the Super Bowl, but a Super Bowl style event, a destination event. And I do like that um, strategy, you know, um, one of the things that they did kind of talk about was maybe having some sort of like tailgate mass party type thing and really turn it into kind of a weekend event beyond just the game. And I do like that idea. Um, You know, you're in Arlington and you're going to be in Arlington for a while um, with, with this big 12 championship game. Um, So I think one of the things you could do is maybe you could have like a big type of fan fiesta or fan fan access event um at the at globe life uh park where the texas rangers play now which is right next to jerry world and i and really just kind of turn that weekend in arlington arlington into like a big 12 pep rally i think that could be a a really interesting strategy to use but i i think bottom line with everything that your mark's been talking about is is you're really trying to 
take a brand, the Big 12, which really wasn't promoted very effectively pretty much since its inception, and you're trying to differentiate this brand from the other conferences. Now, again, you know, the SEC, especially Big Ten, not so much. Yeah, they're getting a lot of TV money, but, you know, the SEC has such a head start on the rest of college athletics, college football, that, you know, the other conferences are playing catch-up. You know, the Big Ten kind of, like I said, gets into that tier with the SEC just because of the TV money. But, you know, what exact – here's my question. What exactly is the Big Ten brand beyond, well, we got Michigan and Ohio State? There really isn't one. And so I do like this strategy on on your mark's part um, to really kind of promote – the Big 12 and really create this we're this we're this type of conference um, we're different than the other conferences and I I think it's a really good strategy moving forward especially because you know you're losing your two big brands in UT and OU but I think what you're what you're really trying to do is you're really trying to say hey we've got 12 really really cool and awesome brands that you would you you want to watch and be interested in, and I think some of the stuff that Yormark's doing may not necessarily pay dividends until a few years later, when you start to see maybe um, kind of the click, kind of the um, spike in in ratings uh, from from kind of that specific demographic that Yormark is going after. So that's going to be something interesting to watch. It is football is going to be here before you know it. Um, you know, training camps are starting pretty soon with for the NFL and then college football's coming up. And so uh, obviously exciting time of the year if you're a football fan. We're almost out of this lull uh, with athlete, athletics. And um, yeah, it should be fun. So we're going to go ahead and transition to listener questions. And again, the best way to ask listener questions is make sure you are following the official Twitter of the Chris Carpenter Show, which is at the C Carp Show. That's at the C Carp Show. You can message me there. I usually tweet either the day of or even 24 hours before that I'm going to be recording a new show and soliciting for questions. And all you've got to do is you can either reply to that tweet or you can direct message me. Most questions I will read on the air. Um, you know, obviously if it's a really wildly inappropriate question, I probably will not read that on the air. Fortunately, we don't have any inappropriate questions today, so we're going to jump right into it and let's jump right into it. So we've got Dale from Edmondson. This is a non-sports question, but it's, it's certainly a a question that, um, I think in, in, in a lot of people's minds with the news events, as an avid movie fan, I guess he's talking about me being an avid movie fan, which I am. What are your thoughts about the actor strike? Sounds like studios are wanting to use AI and deep fake to effectively create actors so they don't have to compensate real people. How will this impact films moving forward? And yeah, that's a big, uh, big news story. You know, we had uh, earlier in the in the spring you had the writers go on strike and now uh sag or the actors have now gone on strike and so you're seeing a complete shutdown of the entertainment industry essentially and it's going to be uh interesting to see 
how long this goes. Um, obviously, you know, the, the immediate impact is going to be um, get ready for a lot of reality shows this fall and game show type shows because, um, you know, any scripted series, number one, you don't have writers, and then number two, you don't have actors to be a part of it. Um, further impacts um, could be in the movie industry if, if this really does drag on um, for a long time just because, you know, you don't have any movies being made right now. Could you see a, a similar situation to what we just kind of came out of with COVID where, you know, you, you had a you, you had movies – you'd really had like a, a, a movies not being being filmed and 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 now you're you, you know for about a about a year you go back and look at you know obviously 2020 but 2021 especially you didn't have a lot of movies coming out uh, especially those quote unquote blockbuster movies so that could be a, certainly an effect you might see um you know as far as my thoughts on everything um i i think definitely the actors have have some uh, have a point in, in some of their complaints uh, certainly the situation with the ai and and you know the technology that's being developed with this ai it, it is it is very uh, scary to think about um if you're an actor because you know essentially you you can almost basically not need actors if if you've signed uh, their likeness in perpetuity which a lot of actors and actresses when they signed their contract, they unknowingly signed part of the, their rights away with this whole perpetuity thing and, and giving the studios the green light to use their likeness in an AI form. And so I think there's certainly um, something that, that, that is something that uh, should be fought for. Um, it, you know, um, something else that I read about is some of the issues also, with streaming uh, residuals that, you know, actors and actresses of shows that are very popular on streaming on Netflix don't necessarily get paid for that. You know, if you, uh, you know, if you're having a rerun of Seinfeld, for instance, or friends, the streaming, um, you don't make really any money off of the streaming. And so I think that's certainly something else that, that needs to be, needs to be dealt with. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens. It really does seem like both sides are dug, have dug their heels in and really are not budging. And so I, at this point, I anticipate a long strike and, um, you know, the, the executives of, you've had studio execs basically talk about that they're willing to starve, starve actors out of the, and get them, you know, where they're evicted from their apartments by not paying them. Uh, you know, clearly just based on the words that, that, you know, really both sides are using that there, we're in for a long strike. And so that'll be, you know, could we see kind of a, this cause a change in, in Hollywood and, and people, what people want for entertainment? I think certainly that could be a possibility, but that's going to be, you know, obviously something to keep an eye on, um, moving forward. So, um, but yeah, I, I completely understand why, you know, if I was an actor, why I would be concerned about all this AI stuff and, and, you know, could you even potentially see, um, a completely created AI entity that's not even based on a real person for a movie? Yeah. I don't know how that will fly with audiences, but I, I certainly could see that coming down the pipe soon. So. Good question from Dale. Um, Vivian from Welch. 
The recruiting drama continues with Micah Hudson. He continues to flirt with Texas and A&M. When do you see his recruitment finally wrapping up? Does Tech remain the favorite? Um, so does Tech – I don't know if necessarily I'm sold on Tech even being the favorite right now. I know, you know, Micah Hudson's some things on Twitter, on social media would seem to indicate that Tech is the favorite. Um, I think for, from all accounts, he had a, a real successful campus visit. Um, so – I'm still not sold on Tech being the favorite, but I'm going to go with my gut, and I would say right now Tech is a slight favorite. Um, I'm still, as as I don't know, I don't know if this is being pessimistic, but I'm still kind of in the mode of thinking that he probably will not come to Tech, um, and I'm okay with that. You know, I I, I never want to be a fan that places all my hopes as a fan on one player. Um, I think Joey McGuire has done a really good job of, of recruiting lots of good, talented players um, in this next class. And certainly I think Micah Hudson would be the cherry on top, but he is not necessarily, you know, I'm not necessarily, you know, having the attitude of pinning all my hopes on, you know, it's Micah Hudson or bust, and you don't have a good recruiting class if if you uh, if you don't have uh, Micah Hudson in this class. So when will he decide? I I don't know. He doesn't have to decide anytime soon. You know he could he could you know stretch this out into the fall, and you know even I mean he might even be one that we're getting into December, and he he does one of those big press conferences. And then that's when we'll when we will truly know that Hudson where he's going. So I would not I would not if you're a tech fan I would not hold my breath anticipating that he's going to decide anytime soon because I don't see that happening. So all right, moving right along, Lance from Mesquite, home of the Skeeters, <laughs> concerts, movies, sporting events. If you had to give up one, which would you choose? So I like going to all three. If I had to lean, I'd lean concerts. Um, here's and here's why. Um, there really isn't a specific artist that I want to see that I have not already seen. So i I think I could, I think I could get away with not um, going to a concert. If I had to rank them, concerts would be the one I could I think I could get I could uh walk away from then probably sporting events um and here's why I would say sporting events because the way the question's asked I could still watch sporting events on television which I almost kind of prefer that because you know when you go to an event you you got to you got to deal with a lot of other stuff and really you know, if you've got a nice HD TV, you might have a better experience watching the game, watching the game at home than being actually in the stadium. So, and then movies, I would be hard pressed to give up going to the movies. I, I don't know. Maybe I have an addiction, <laughs> you know, call intervention, you know, they could do an intervention on me with movie theater, going to movie theaters <laughs> anyway. So, all right. And Brett from Cone 
You've talked a lot about sitcoms and reality TV and Star Trek. What's your favorite decade for television and why? So that's a really good question. You know, I can make the argument for really several decades. The one I think that probably was the most successful decade as a whole for television, and I can think of more shows that I like in that decade than any other, is probably the 80s. I think sitcoms were at their strongest in the 80s. You know, you had such great sitcoms as Cheers coming coming out during um, the 80s. Dramas were really strong um, in the 80s. And then, you know, really the beginnings of sci-fi being on television. You can trace that back to the 80s as well. And really, you know, specifically, you know, thank Star Trek The Next Generation because that was a huge risk at the time when they made the decision to put a uh, Star Trek The Next Generation on television, um, you know, as a regular show. And, you know, nowadays, you know, sci-fi is is a big time genre that exists in um, television. So I would I would say the 80s and I think we're still living in a world where the 80s have impacted um, what's on television today. So all right. <laughs> okay, we're going to end with this one Oriental and he's in Petersburg everybody. So if you're a Buffs fan, if you live in Petersburg, lock your doors. Uh, Oriental asks who left that cocaine at the White House? <laughs> I am going to answer this because I'm like a hundred and something episodes in. So I'm just going to, I'm going to shoot from the hip when it comes to this. It's Hunter Biden's cocaine. It's very clearly it's Hunter Biden's cocaine. And there is, there is no way they don't know who it belongs to. I mean, there's cameras everywhere in that building. I've been in the White House. There's cameras, there's secret service agents, they know who it belongs to, and the fact that I believe they know who it belongs to makes me think it's probably – it could be Hunter Biden's or it could even be someone that's – I mean it's someone within the Biden family, and they don't want um, the embarrassment. So – but yeah, it's clearly Hunter Biden's. So <laughs> anyway, I hope everybody had a good um, – I hope everybody has a good rest of the week. Um, this will conclude this episode of the Chris Carpenter Show. Um, I do plan on doing a midweek madness this week. And, um, you know, our topic this week is going to be restaurants. I'm going to kind of talk about restaurants that I enjoy going to. And I'm really going to focus on the local stuff, the local restaurants of places that I've been to, have been around, give you some suggestions. Um, and then we will, next Saturday, we will have another regular episode of the Chris Carpenter Show. Now, this next midweek madness may or may not be the last one of the summer. I'm still trying to decide that. Um, we're we're kind of co coming to the near end of summer for me. I've got a few more weeks off before school starts. But, um, you know, I, I'll still do my regular Saturday episodes. But, you know, midweek madness will probably go away um, for now. And, you know, we'll just see what happens. But uh, continue to uh, listen and share this podcast and tell your friends about it. We are almost to that 100, that magic number of 100 on Spotify. I'm at 92. So I just need eight more people. So eight people that are listening, right? Actually, I want everyone listening to pretend that you are one of the eight that needs to go tell a friend and get a friend to listen 
to the Chris Carpenter Show, and we're going to hit that 100 number. So hope everybody has a great week, and I will see you next week for the Chris Carpenter Show.